welcome to How We Got Here, a genealogy podcast hosted by Brian Nash, exploring the tools, tips, and resources for genealogists from Atlantic Canada and family historians from around the globe who are researching their ancestors from Atlantic Canada. Every family has a story, so stick around as Brian and his guests share the unique family stories that help shape the history and culture of Atlantic Canada. Welcome to episode two of How We Got Here. I'm your host, Brian Nash. In this episode, entitled A Purpose for Everything, I will be discussing purpose-driven genealogy and the importance of planning and setting goals when doing family history research. I will be discussing how to create a plan, how to execute it as you start on the road to achieving your goals. I will also be sharing a new project that I'm working on in my genealogy research and explaining the purpose, plan, and how it fits my overall research objectives. There is a purpose to everything. Think back to when you started your interest in family history. Whether that was 30 years ago or 30 minutes ago, there was something that you wanted to accomplish. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about setting goals, their importance, how to set them, and how to achieve them. As well, I will be talking about my latest goal in genealogy research. In my own case, my father was in the Canadian military. I grew up in various communities across Canada, and honestly, it was a great experience, something I would not want to change. But as I, as a child, and still even today as an adult, it is hard to answer the question, where are you from? And this is a real co- common question people ask here on PEI, where I have lived for the last 15 years. As I've been told numerous times, Nash, well, that's not an island name. My wife, who grew up in the same house where her parents still live in Seabright, Nova Scotia, just tells people, I'm from Canada. I used to say, name a year, and I'll tell you where I was from. I was born in Villa Salle, Quebec. So technically, that's where I'm from, I guess. But I moved to New Brunswick before I was three. So I have no real memories, and by the time I was 20, I had lived in eight different locations, houses, apartments, and that's about when I first took an interest in genealogy. It was my purpose to find out where I was truly from. I wanted to belong to a community, to a people. So that was my initial goal when I started, and it was a very basic goal, but it is still at the heart of my own family research, and will always be. So everybody starts in the genealogical research for a reason, and each person's reasons can be unique, but like most goals and objectives, to achieve the main goal, often there are many smaller ones um, or more focused goals that make up and help us to achieve our other goals. So why is it important to set goals? My simple answer is it keeps me focused and organized, or somewhat focused and organized anyways. So let's start to explore how we go about setting up those goals and achieving them. And the best place to start is always at the beginning. I'm going to use my own experience as the reference point throughout this episode. So let's go back to what I said at the beginning. 
my initial or overreaching goal is I want to be able to answer the question, where am I from? This question leads to a whole series of questions that need to get answered. And just identifying what that goal actually means or doesn't mean. So what did I mean? What was I hoping to achieve? It wasn't about geography of birth because I was born in Quebec. But I'm not a Quebecer. It was about finding out what makes me me. To put me into a place and space and time to learn about those who came before me, who they are, where and when they are. And that question, where they are from, is the same as my original goal, just with a different pronoun now. So I had a little more to what my goal was, but needed to start working to achieve this. I was lucky. I had a small family tree of my maternal grandfathers from when they first arrived in Canada to 1979, the year the tree was written. And even that was incomplete, as I was missing, and even those from my mother's generation in the family were missing. So I had an idea what a tree looks like, kind of. And I had information, and really, as I was just dabbing occasionally, from time to time in genealogical research for the first 20 or 25 years, I never got too much farther. But I did have some information ready for when I got ready to actually put things together. Growing up, I was blessed. I knew two of my great-grandparents when I was young. All four of my great-grandmothers actually lived in my lifetime, but I only knew two really. Though even those two both died within a year of each other before I was 11 years old and one of them I hadn't seen since I was six. I also had all of my four grandparents alive into my 20s, three into my 30s and I still have one grandmother who is still kicking at 98 years today. I knew where they were from, when they were born and I knew stories of their life experiences their siblings, my great aunts and uncles, uncles and aunts and cousins. So I had a great place to start. Oh yeah, and I had an intimate relationship with what is one of my most important sources, myself. So I had all this information. I accumulated over my first 10 or 12 years of dabbling, but I needed to do something with it. I needed to organize it. So I got a software program to try and put all of this info down. This was my first real foray into some type of real genealogy. It was with Family Tree Maker 11. It was great. I took all these things and this info I had floating around in my head and that old family tree I had and I was able to get a real family tree of some sort done or at least started. Shortly after this, life seemed to get busy and me with my own children and the things they wanted to do and much of my own time and hobbies were taken up with theirs. I plugged away and still dabbled a little. I had it on a computer. I created a GED file. I uploaded the genie.com but it was still dabbling. But now I wanted to do more and as my kids got older I started laying plans on what to do when my 
time would be my own again. As I grew older though, the question of where I came from became even more important. But I also began to accumulate a whole new set of goals and objectives and trying to figure out how to achieve them. Thank you and welcome back. As you uh, can see from the example I gave, that often when we set one goal, it leads to further goals. Um, so it's really important to set goals, to have an understanding of how to execute them. Um, so let's get back to basics. And using my example again, my goal, overall goal was to be able to place myself in a context to, to know where I came from. Um, I started doing my, my research and I started finding some information about my ancestors, um, but that just led me to, to further goals because I need to know where they came from as each step goes through. So that simple goal is not as simple as I, I originally thought. So let's break down how to set goals and how to achieve them. In my day job, I'm a performance coach for customer service and technical support representatives. And I spend a, a lot of time uh, learning methods about setting goals and helping my, my team um, set goals and achieve them. And I'm, I'm going to use some of the skills and knowledge that I've learned from there and, and explain it how to use it in our genealogical and family history research. One of the things that I talk about in goal setting is, uh, is a, a term called setting SMART goals. What are SMART goals? Well, SMART is an acronym for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time, time bound or um, timely. So the specific part, for instance, my overall goal is, like I, I was saying, is to sort of find myself, my place in where I belong. Um, I want to know about my family history. So with the SMART goal, I'm talking about those small, in, those interim goals that lead to the greater goal. Um, so the S is for specific. Um, we, we need to have something that we want to accomplish. In, our, in setting this goal, there's something we need to accomplish. Um, so an interim goal might be, I want to find my ancestors, um, my, my father's side of the family, to find the first ancestor that came to North America, to Canada. Um, measurable, is this something that's measurable? It is, there's a specific goal there. I have, the, the measure is tracing back to I found that person. Um, is it achievable? Yes. Um, I'm not taking off too much. I'm not um, saying I want to find my first ancestor in recorded history. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something that's achievable. Relevant? Is it relevant to my overall goal? It's very relevant because um, that is if my overall goal is to know where I came from, um, to have a as I said before, sort of that, that space and time and history and, and belonging, it's relevant because it will tell me that thing. Um, 
Now, time bound, this is where I would set a time frame that I want to do it in. So, um, my goal might be I want to find that, I want to by, by the end of March have been able to trace my father's family until the, I can find the first ancestor to have come to Canada. That is a smart goal. It's specific. I have exactly what I want. It's measurable. Um, there's a, a, a component on there when I know when I've achieved my goal. It's achievable um, because it's something that I'm, I'm targeting. It's something that can be done. Uh, it's relevant to my overall overarching goal and I've set a time frame to accomplish it. Often even these small goals still need to be broken down further and you can use the same principle to, to take one aspect of it. For instance, if I'm looking to find a, my father's ancestors from when they arrived in Canada, um, I might take each line and work that separate. So I'd have my, my father's mother's line, my father's father's line and have those again each broken down um, but the important thing to remember as, when you're setting up any of these goals no matter what level they are is to, to put them in writing somewhere um, those that writing can help um, keep you convicted uh, it helps you be mindful of what your goals are um, there's lots of templates if you search on the internet for smart goal um, worksheets. Uh, there's a variety of different ones. Um, and you might not even go with the, the smart goal worksheet. For instance, finding um, my ancestors on my father's side going back a certain part. I might just use a, a fan chart. Um, if you haven't used fan charts, they're, they're great for, for that type of thing. You, you can set it so you ha you're looking back so many generations. So I want to know um, five generations from my father and it, it will split it so it has all the, the pedigree there so you're just concentrating on those things and you, there's a sense of accomplishment when you filled each one each new uh, spot on the fan chart in um, but the important thing is to have something written something that you have as a commitment um, something that you are are dedicating to and helps keep you accountable because um, not only having just the SMART goals, but also making those SMART goals accountable is what's going to help you achieve them. Um, one of the, the things that you can do is you can use the resources you already have, like uh, your Google Calendar. Um, if you have a, an Android phone, you have a Google Calendar. If you have a Gmail address, you have a Google Calendar. And if you don't, you can get one. It's free. Uh, but they're great for putting in to-do lists, uh, task lists, setting setting goals where you want to be at a certain point, setting encouragements, um, setting reminders, so that at a, a if you have a, a goal and at a certain point you're expecting to be somewhere, you can have those those reminders. Um, the other thing with goals, there's there's different types of goals in general. There's goals that are those specific um, to Finding out one thing, uh, like using the, the example of searching for a specific ancestor or a specific um, generation um, or a specific uh, happening in your family. Um, there's also those ones that are about building good habits. 
Um, one of the, the great things that you can do is, it's a, it's a principle, it's 30 minutes for 30 days. The idea is it, you dedicate yourself to doing something for 30 minutes for 30 days, it becomes a habit and you start doing it regularly. Um, and that might just be as simple as um, you want to read more books on genealogy. So you're going to dedicate, you're going to say, I'm for 30 days, I'm going to spend 30 minutes just reading books. Um, and you develop that habit, you develop that time where you work that into your schedule. It becomes something that you do regularly and it's something that you'll keep doing. Um, so those are very important, those, those habit goals as well. Um, so I'm going to talk about a project that I'm, I'm starting to work on and I'm going to talk to it in the sense of a goal that I have and I'm going to talk about it about some of the resources that I'm using to fulfill this goal. These resources are ones that you'll be able to use for other things in your genealogical research. The project I'm working on is a one-place study. And you're, if you're not familiar with it, a one-place study is a, it's a study of, that for family history and local historians or people interested in local history, they, it's a, a, trying to build up the history of a community. For my one-place study, I'm choosing Donkin, Nova Scotia. The reason I'm choosing Donkin, Nova Scotia, it ties into my family. That's where my, my grandfather was from, and that's where his uh, mother first came when she moved from Scotland in 1905. Well, she came to Glace Bay first, but that's where she settled and lived the, the rest of her life. Um, it's where my grandfather's father's family lived for... Um, generations and my grandfather's family I have a, a lot of family that comes from there and are part of that community um, one of the things it's a, a small community and so there's a it, I'm not getting myself in over my head and there's a community that there, there's actually not a lot out there that I, I've I found a specific history um, so that's my goal. That's my goal for 2021. I, I've just started working on it. I've started putting some pieces together. Um, so my goal is to do uh, I, the one place study, which is, to me is really the study of the, the community and, and the people that there are there, that were the citizens um, that have lived there. Um, it's, a, it's a newer community. Uh, it wasn't called Donkin until 1940. And there's a, a, a certain aspect of where I need to start. So that's where my goals and my planning have come in place. So the first thing I've done, and this was my first goal, was to get a the, the 1921 census. The 1921 census is the most recent census that is available to us as genealogists, as you all know, and I wanted to actually compile that and record everybody that that was um, there. The 1921 census is really good. There's a lot of good information there, um, as it has um, the people's names, and I know that from the the transcripts I've seen and and from some of the 
the actual writing as well. I know the names aren't necessarily the exact correct spelling, but I have those lists of names to start. Um, other information that is really good there is it has the the origin, uh, the mother's place of birth, and the father's place of birth, as well as the the person that is um, the subject of each line on the census. It has those family relationships as well, and it has um, occupations in there as well. So, it's a, it's a good place to start, so that's my starting place. The, um, so my goal is to fill that out. Um, I'm going to be filling it out with the those people that are on that census, those people that came before that weren't there, that maybe passed away before or moved on and again with the people that came after. Gathering this information is not just helpful for my own genealogy but will help others in understanding their family and um, understanding the community that they lived in. Um, it is hopefully going to be a collaborative um, project as I invite others to participate, uh, others to um, others to contribute, um, others to provide information and help build it and, and keep it going. Um, but like I said, I'm starting with 1921. Um, and I, I've, I'm using um, a few different tools to sort of track and monitor this. One of the, my, my favorite resources for um, genealogy that I use a lot is Wikitree. Um, if you're not a member of Wikitree, I'd suggest checking out. There are some some things you do need to be careful about, especially when um, dealing with your, your own family tree. You, you want the the goal of Wikitree is to have one one profile for every person, one tree to try to bring this tree together and connect people, and they're doing a good job at that. There are some some fallbacks that you need to be be careful of but it is really great um one of the good things is the the participants of wikitree the um the ones that are there's an there's a um a code of conduct that you an honor an honor code you agree to um and you know part of it is making sure that your your information is sourced well so you should be a, li be a little more reliable that the information that people are posting when you are linking to other people's um, trees and you're finding those connections that they're they're well sourced um, my rule of thumb is uh, with it I make sure that I'm confident in the people that I'm putting up and when I do find those intersections um, before I would go and intersect and add that person as being the the father or the mother or the sibling that I've checked the sources that are used on the the other person's who's already put that profile up. Uh, I'm checking to make sure that those sources are are legitimate and it is matching to the person that I am wanting, which is we should be doing anytime we're doing um, family trees. And you you do need to just the same as if you're using ancestry or um, my heritage. You want to make sure you have those sources and that you're connecting the right people and you're just not adding people willy-nilly.
there's a lot of helpful things because there there are some great people that have done a lot of research on those individuals so it does does save some time um it's just a matter like i said going back and then looking at their sources and confirming it before you, you make that connection and add it on um but it's really good um for for finding those those connections that you might not have and also finding other people that are are working on similar um, or collateral or, or lateral limbs of your family tree um, but for this type of project it's especially good because what I'm doing is I'm taking people that don't necessarily some people um, for instance some of my family members that are there have a profile already are in my genealogical database but they're not on wikitree so what I'm going to be doing for these people is I have the I have the census and I'm going to be adding those people to the overall family tree um, I'm hoping that people will come along and those profiles will then be connected because somebody is looking for that person um, so it's a great resource for this uh, they they make it easy to set up a project like this uh, and it again it's a very collaborative environment as it is so it's easy to get people involved and helping I don't want to say people are going to come running but if you're looking for a, a way to share information and make it easy for uh, somebody to add their relatives onto it onto a project like this it's it, it it's a very easy uh, format so with my my goal again it's to compile um, a genealogical and a historical profile of the community now that seems again that's one of those overarching goals so let's turn that into the smart goal and there'll be a few smart goals that uh, come up in this so again my overall goal of my own genealogical research is to have a better understanding of, of where I come from my place and my family's place and time and space and this is a, a very, very obvious one that will give me a, a sense of my family in time and space. In fact, a very specific space, the community of Donkin, Nova Scotia. Um, but part of understanding your family in that, in that, um, that time and space I, I've grown to know and through my research and through um, other family members is filling out that family history finding out what day-to-day -day life was what the community they lived in looked like what it um what their neighbors were like who their neighbors were uh, what type of um occupations what what type of um things come with the history of that community because that's all in the the makeup not the dna makeup but the the experiential makeup of our ancestors so this is a great way to do this so my goal is to have a profile of that community and its citizens um, it's the smart because I have a specific goal it's measurable um, because I'm setting as a measurable goal I'm not I'm not looking for a um, I have a like a goal that I 
I will want to definitely do. It's measurable. I'm going to have a profile of the people that live there. Um, is it attainable? Uh, yes. Uh, I, by my own admission, I'm not going to have a complete profile of everybody who's ever lived there, but I'm going to have a good sense of the community. Um, is it relevant? It's definitely relevant. As I went into earlier, it, it gives me a sense of that part of my family, where they lived, what their experiences were. Um, and I, I have set a time frame. This is my goal for 2021. Um, now, it's something I do see going past 2021, but I want to get it set up and ready um, so that by the end of the year, it is a you have you'll have that good picture of the community of the people there and that it will be growing from there and that I won't have to be as actively participating and engaging in it so it has all those elements <clears throat> and in it like I said there's breaking it down on how to achieve it now because so that's the next part once you set the goals you have to have how you're going to achieve it you're going to have you have to know what tools you're going to use. I mentioned one tool already. I'm going to be using um, Wikitree to house all this information, but there's lots of tools that are going to be coming into it. The other tool I already mentioned was the 1921 census, which is my starting point. Um, so if you were going Wikitree and you were to search for Donkin, Nova Scotia, I don't know if you'll find it yet, but I'm going to put a link in my, um, on my, in my episode notes there should be a link to the, the one place study on Wikitree. So that's resource number one, where I'm storing this information, where I'm, I'm putting it. Um, in this case, it's, it's going to be very public. Um, so in other genealogical research, this resource could be a, a computer program that you're storing your uh, family tree on, such as Family Tree Maker, um, Roots Magic, um, and, and any others. Um, Family Tree Maker is the one that I prefer to use. I've used it for years. Um, I'm not saying that it's better than any of the others, but it's one that I, I've used and I'm comfortable with it um, as it's evolved. I hadn't used it in a while and I've started using it again. Um, and it, I'm, I'm finding it very comfortable and very user-friendly. So. So you have that tool of where you're keeping the information. Um, and again, that's, I sort of called that a resource. It, in this sense, it's really a tool, but um, it's the tool that I'm, I'm using to, to compile it. Uh, the, the next resource, like I said, I started with the 1921 um, census. The, I've, I went in the a really good source from that is not just right from the government of Canada's website, but right now with the COVID situation, uh, if your library has access to Ancestry, uh, it's a great resource and it's free, and you can get the the, the census from 1921 on there, not just um, not just the actual looking at the images so you have to look at every page but it was very easy for me to get the the index information the actual text um, and able to I was able to easily put that into a spreadsheet to make it easier for me to manage um, so it was a, a, a great resource and a, again a tool that I used um, 
with the Ancestry website. Uh, and I really encourage you, if your library has it, I know on Prince Edward Island, our library system has it. It's free right now um, to use from home. Normally you can use it from the library when they're open, but you can use it from home right now and it's great. Um, I've actually used it quite a bit for some sources that I didn't want to spend the, the money looking at some of the the documents or where you've wound up with those dead ends where it tells you you need to pay the full one I've gone back and been able to get some more information um, but for this for the census it was really good because I was able to take that information again the transcription is fairly decent but some of it um, I know from looking at the names and having seen names of people in the community elsewhere that uh, some of the names are a little off but it's where it's where I'm starting with um, so I've taken that information and right now if you went through the the, the one page study I have you're gonna see that um, you're gonna see it broken down by surname of the people that were there on the 1921 census I've added a few of the people that I've already um, in my family that have come later that are from that community because I have links to them and I'm going to be taking those people where I have no information. I'm going to be looking for that information to start profiles on them. Um, so I, I'm I'm breaking this down again into different ways to to do to, to to research. Um, the first thing I am doing is I've because I've put all my information in the spreadsheet. Um, I've been able to compile. Uh, like I said, all that information that was there on that census, where their parents were born, where they were born, um, their nationalities, when they immigrated to Canada even. So I'm taking, I'm starting with all the people who um, were born in Nova Scotia, and I'm starting with them, because I'm going to actually use the Nova Scotia um, government's uh, vital statistics sites, and I'm going to start searching for their records, their birth certificates, their... Um, birth registrations, their marriage registrations, their death registrations, anything that I can get that can connect that name from the census to an actual person where I have a, another source. And from using that, I'm going to start a profile on those individuals. So if you were to go look at Wikitree right now, um, there's a few things that you'll see up there. So the first is just a, an introduction, a, a little short history of the community. And then I explain where I'm starting my my study at, like I said to you, starting at the 1921 census. Again, the reason I chose that is because it's the most recent census that we have access to. Um, and it's sort of at the height of the community as well. Uh, I've done a breakdown of that uh, census. Um, I've given the population, the number of houses, the number of different families, the average age, um, also the oldest person and the youngest person. But I broke down the place of birth. Um, so there was 819 people that were listed in that census. And 588 of them were born in Nova Scotia. So it's a really good place. Like I said, I'm starting there by going to their website and starting to search that information. Um, and of those people, 364 of them, their father was also born in Nova Scotia and 414, their mother's place of birth was Nova Scotia. Um, also breaks down their nationalities, and I have that all summarized. I also have a, an image of every single page of the census um, there as well. 
then I have the Citizens of Donkin. Like I said, I'm I have the ones that I I I know because they're part of my family, so they're already there. I already have links to them on my tree um, and on the on WikiTrees database. So I've just linked those ones right to their profiles. Um, it's broken again down by name. I have their by their surname. I've had their surname and then their given name and their year of birth. Um, but there's people, like I said, that are not there that I'm I'm starting to to find those. Um, so the the project, like I said, I'm just have recently just started this, and it took a while to get all this information sort of in the format that I'm ready to start with. Um, and that was a smart goal too, setting up this format to start with. Um, and it's one I, I probably might change somewhere along the line, but it's it's the place I needed to to start. So I have it broken down by surnames, and the idea is everybody that's in here, I'll hopefully have a link to that I'll get that information. Um, so using my my spreadsheet that I compiled, and I actually I have a link to the spread the whole spreadsheet as well. Um, so if other people are using this for research, they'll have that there. Um, I've color coded a few things for people whose names came after the 21 census and people whose names come before the 21 census that weren't on that so they can be easily differentiated. So I'm going to start with the names and take the individuals, like I said, who were born in Nova Scotia. I'm looking for their information and I'm going to start creating those profiles. Um, my, my goal, again, is to get that idea of the sense of community. Um, I've been able to compile, there's actually a really good Facebook group for the community of Donkin and a lot of people have posted old pictures and I've gotten to see some pictures of my relatives. Um, I've seen a picture of my grandfather growing up as a teenager and a few of his friends. So those people or their families are going to be on on the census. My grandfather wasn't. He was born in 1922. So a year after the census, almost a year to the day actually after the census was uh, taking place. But there'll be members of the families of those people. And as those start to, to, to get on there, there'll be links for other people to be able to find and they'll be able to search so um for instance there was there's an annie bailey on the census that was born in 1887. now when i do her the the first thing that i'm going to look for is i'm i'm going to search wikitree to see if i can find her existing already on wikitree because one of the things with wikitree is we don't want to duplicate profiles we don't want two of the same people since we're trying to create one family tree uh, the, the goal is to create one family tree uh, you can't have two of the same fathers um, you can have two two fathers in a family because of stepfathers or um, uh, wife remarrying but you shouldn't have two of the exact same people existing somewhere so I'm going to first of all do my due diligence my, before I do anything else, I'm going to check to see if a profile already exists. If a profile already exists, my work's done. I just need to link it. If it's not, I'm going to create that profile. Um, the process I'm doing, uh, again, this is with my my smart goal 
to make it easy for me, because it's smart, um, is that I'm going to be using those resources I already use. Um, so with the starting with Nova Scotia pe people, I will be looking at the the Nova Scotia genealogical website, looking for that initial um, birth certificate, marriage certificate, a death certificate, something else to prove their existence in time and space besides this this one census. Um, I'm going to be be looking for, and for those older people, I'm going to be looking also the previous census to see if they were in the 1911 or 1901 census. Um, 1991 census of 18, 1891 sorry census if it's appropriate and from there I will also link that information on their individual profiles but I'm I'm going to try to start building that profile so that if Annie Bailey who was born in 1887 if somebody's searching for her and that they'll already find a profile there they'll already find some information and they'll have a link to the community that she's from. So so if, uh, if she's not already on Wikitree or on another database and somebody starts searching for her and they find her, that information, there'll be information there for them um, already besides just the um, birth, death, and marriage certificates, the, those vital statistics that we look at, there'll be some depth, uh, maybe not all personal to her, but about her community. Um, and that that she was part of <clears throat> so each individual should have by the time my goal is done at the end of the year everybody that's on that 1921 census I'm I want to have a profile of some sort whether it's one that's existing and I'm linking to it or a brand new profile um, and the idea is for it to grow from there this is a, this is something that you can do for the, the communities. I, again, if your if your fa family was from Halifax or from Fredericton or from a larger city, it's it's going to be something that you probably not want to engage in. Um, but you might if they're from a community within Halifax or within Fredericton or St. John, you might want to look at the a smaller community i've seen one place studies that are done on just actually um there's their cemetery one place studies where people have basically gone to that cemetery and they've they've started linking profiles um and again it's it's a combination of family history and local history getting that information together um, and it's a great way to get other people involved in it and get them started on genealogy too one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is I think genealogy is really important for people to have an understanding of and people be enthusiastic about but I want to make it easy for them um, I want to give them tips and give them ideas where to start and share stories of other people like I did on my previous episodes um, where I've talked to people about their um, forays into researching their family history and also just the stories of their family history um, history is is very can be very personal and it comes down to that a lot of times is the individual and genealogy is a great way to to do that um, so again sort of just to recap today today was a little different episode um, and I do apologize for it being all me. In our next episode, I should be back 
to having guests and um, and sharing stories. So I, I do apologize for that. This is just something that from talking to people and talking to them about this, this podcast and even just about genealogy in general is something that I've noticed um, that a lot of people and even my own history as I sort of went through that um, I didn't have a focused goal. I didn't have goals that I'm doing and I and I didn't want to just I, and I know that that's a deterrent from a lot of people. They they get started on it and they they leave it. They they get discouraged. So I I want to talk about the importance of setting goals. And I also want to talk about this project and how this this type of thing is another way to sort of enhance your genealogical research um, to get you involved with other people, get you involved in um, a a bigger community, so to speak. Um, I really encourage people. I mean, a project doesn't have to be a one-place study. There's a whole bunch of different things. There's surname studies where you can get involved in just um, studying a certain surname. So your your family name, study, doing a study of, and trying to understand people that and the hist- history of people who've had that name, whether they're related to you or not. Um, and there's there's all kinds of different things. There's... Um, you can you can engage in studies to do with a specific point in history or a specific um, event in history um, that your ancestors were involved with. All oh, again, you it, you know this helps you give a better understanding of your ancestors. Uh, also makes that history more real because you can put your ancestors in that time and space. And you, I know when I've been uh, learning about doing family history and a lot of people use newspapers and it can get discouraging because you hear about people finding great information about their ancestors in the newspaper but you just can't seem to find anything about yours but you might not find the specific things you might find those um, those events in the community that were happening the um, at the time when your ancestors were living um, it gives you or those uh, tragedies that happened in the community, those um, honors or that might have been bestowed upon the community, whether it was, you know, the the their little league team of 1963 uh, won the Canadian championship or something, that you you get to know that by from reading those local newspapers that oh my family was caught up on that my my father or my uncles who would have been about that age. They weren't on the team, but they would have been caught up in that excitement. They would have been, um, they would have been part of that. Um, so it, it sort of puts that, helps you give that context when you're, you're actually writing those family histories and those, those stories to, to fill out the actual, what I call the bones of your, your family history, the bones, you know, the names, the dates and the places, but actually put the meat on the bones when you're, you're filling out the, the information of what happened, what life was like. Um, a good example: we're going through a pandemic now. There was the 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 Spanish flu in 1918, and there was a a few different second waves over the next couple years that happened. Um, understanding the stories and of that around your community by reading those newspapers give you an understanding of what your um, ancestors lived through. Might give you an understanding of 
your great-grandmother's um, brother you never heard of or you that didn't live very long or seemed to die around the time might put some that in the context for you um, again where you might not have those individual stories about them because uh, my point is I really want to encourage people to get involved in not just dealing with their own families and their own individuals but just look up to the bigger picture um, so you get that full full flavor of what your ancestors life was like and you get that full picture um, so that you can when you're describing your ancestors not just saying well this was when my great-grandfather John his brother was Fred um, John and Fred moved with their parents Dorothy and um, Frank to Canada in 1901 they came from Ireland or and in Ireland they were whatever but you'll know well why did they you might have an understanding when you start doing more of that research getting involved in these other projects why they they why they came to Ireland uh, from Ireland why they um, why they chose a certain community to live in what what kind of things did they engage in the community um, so you'll get a better picture of them and it just makes that family history more full I want to thank you for joining me this episode uh, of how we got here as we discussed a purpose for everything as we start to look at goal setting um, and purposeful genealogy um, I hope this information was valuable to you um, and I, I just want to thank you for taking the time to, to listen and I invite you to join me again in two weeks um, when I our next episode is released it's going to be a, a Christmas episode I'm going to be talking with people about their Christmas family traditions in the Maritimes and also about a little bit about um, ideas for the genealogist in your family what you could might be a, a good Christmas gift thank you for listening to this episode of how we got here you can leave a comment for Brian ask a question or make a suggestion for a topic of a future episode by leaving a voice message at www.anchor.fm slash how dash we dash got dash here slash message Make sure you check out the show notes for more information about today's topic and guests. How We Got Here is hosted and produced by Brian Nash. Title music from Tribute to O'Carolan by Luna Bajowski. Yay!